Welcome to this KPMG Impact Podcast, providing fresh insights and perspectives on ESG and how you can deliver long-term value to all your stakeholders. Welcome to our latest ESG reporting podcast. My name is Julie Santoro. I'm a KPMG Impact and also a professional practice partner. And I'm pleased today to be joined by Maura Hodge, our KPMG Impact Audit Leader. So today we're discussing what companies can be doing now about their ESG reporting. The comment period on the SEC's climate proposal has closed and there were over 4,000 unique responses. Our analysis of 150 responses revealed over 75% of respondents in favor of climate standard setting in general. However, there were concerns about the specific proposal of the SEC. These concerns touched on all aspects of the proposal, and you can listen to our podcast and read our analysis on KPMG Financial Reporting View. So as the SEC analyzes responses and moves toward final rulemaking, companies are watching and deciding what to do. Maura, what are you seeing? Well, Julie, as you mentioned in the survey, the response to the SEC's climate disclosure proposal has been all over the board. And quite honestly, we're seeing that play out in how companies are getting ready. We have leaders who are diving in and implementing SOX-like controls over their existing ESG information. We have beginners that are not sure where to start. And we have some in the middle, not willing to make any investment until the rules are final and compliance is mandatory. Well, it sounds like this is a typical challenge management must face in determining where to best allocate resources when uh, final outcomes are unknown. Outside of the proposed SEC mandates, what should companies be considering when determining next steps? Where are the pressures coming from, Maura? That's a great question, because even if your organization is in a compliance-only mindset, there are still many other pressures and expectations that you'll need to meet outside of what the SEC will require. In particular, those of international regulators, investors, consumers and employees, and also pressures within your supply chain. Outside of the US, we know that both the European Union and the UK, along with many other countries, are beginning to mandate ESG reporting, often starting with climate disclosures. So even if you're not publicly traded in those countries, many are still setting requirements to report on ESG, even if you're only doing nominal business in the country. Note that these reporting requirements are much more extensive than that of the SEC. And while there is much overlap for climate reporting, there are still some nuances and differences that you need to be aware of. With respect to investors, we know that the focus of the SEC rules was due to pressure from the investor community for more information on risks and impacts of climate change on a business. At a minimum, investors believe that understanding and being able to clearly articulate the financial impact of the risks of climate change, whether that is physical risks as a result of acute severe weather events such as hurricanes or forest fires, or chronic changes like sea level rise, as well as transitional risks such as fines due to changing regulatory requirements around emissions limits, either here in the US or abroad, are imperative to understanding your long-term sustainability as a business. So what about greenhouse gas emissions? They dominate much of the conversation when we talk about climate disclosures. 
When we move into greenhouse gas emissions, it gets a little trickier, but it has been widely acknowledged that reporting progress on greenhouse gas emission reductions and offsets is a focus of investors, consumers, and employees. As a result, we've seen many organizations set net zero targets and goals. In doing so, they've not only committed to reducing the greenhouse gases of their own operations, but also that of their supply chain. And as a result, these organizations are beginning to put pressure on their vendors to both report on the vendor's greenhouse gas emissions, as well as get them assured. So when we consider the effect of international regulation, investors, and supply chain pressure as a result of net zero targets, companies must start now, even before the SEC rules are finalized, to tackle the demand for climate reporting. Well, that's lots to consider. What should companies do now? I've been saying that there are five no regrets moves companies can and should take before the end of 2022. First, understand what ESG and specifically climate-related reporting you are currently doing today and any commitments you've made, whether it's called ESG or not. When you start looking and asking around, you might be surprised by what you find. Many companies have been responding to CDP for many years. Others have reports available online in accordance with GRI, SASB, and TCFD. And we also see sustainability tabs on the website. Some of this information has begun to move into the proxy statement, an annual report, or the 10K. And many times, press releases or other marketing materials include commitments and goals around ESG. Simply having an inventory of all the reporting out there and determining your comfort with the validity of the claims, whether supporting documentation exists, and if the right investments are being made to achieve any goals or commitments is a great place to start. Okay, so number one is understanding what you're actually doing. What's number two from your perspective? Second, you need to educate management and the board on the current landscape and the new proposals including international requirements, if applicable. As regulators focus more and more on ESG reporting, it's important that management and the board understand the risks they're facing by not being keyed into the impact of ESG on the business. Additionally, as I mentioned before, international regulations are even more stringent and in some cases designed to influence behavior. With the transparency that reporting requirements bring, it may shine a light on where there are operational weaknesses that management and the board need to be aware of today and take action on. If number two is education about the reporting landscape, we've got some really great resources on what's happening internationally, all of them accessible on KPMG Financial Reporting View. So firstly, we have an in-depth guide to the International Sustainability Standard Board proposals. So that's looking at the climate proposal and also the general disclosures proposal. We have a talk book with the top 10 Q&As on the EU proposals. But for US companies, my top pick as a starting point is our talk book with the top 10 Q&As comparing the ISSB, the EU, and the SEC proposals. This one really highlights the scope and scale of the different proposals. Yes. Thank you, Julie. Those are really great resources. Thanks for raising them. What's your number three no regrets move? 
Have the Financial Statement Disclosure Committee review and understand the current climate-related reporting that you inventoried in the first step, and then start the process of developing what is appropriate for the 10K and what is not. With the existence of all of this reporting and the knowledge that the SEC Enforcement Task Force focused on climate and ESG issues is reviewing everything you are putting out into the public domain around ESG, you must begin to think about how you can integrate your reporting and use it to both retain your competitive advantage and transform to address the needs of your investors, customers, vendors, and employees. This will not be an easy task as SEC reporting is largely seen as a risk mitigation document. Adeptly weaving in ESG considerations will take time and cooperation throughout your organization. One major area of focus is on understanding how these climate risks manifest in the financial statements and whether they are material enough to be disclosing separately. For instance, if you've set a goal to have an all-electric vehicle fleet by 2030, have you planned out the capital expenditures needed to get there? Is there any impairment triggered today, or do you expect it in the near future that will have to be recorded in your financial statements? Are those expectations being built into financial plans and forward-looking information for other analyses that you're doing today, let's say for a goodwill analysis? We've provided a lot of ideas in our handbook on climate risk in the financial statements, and I suggest that you go and look there um, to think through that. And a reminder to everybody that if you want to get a copy of our Climate Risk Handbook, again, it's on KPMG Financial Reporting View. Maura, tell us about number four on the list of no regrets moves. In order to tackle these big challenges, your fourth no regrets move is to assemble a cross-functional task force that will implement the reporting revisions. This task force should represent individuals that are responsible for sustainability strategy and business resiliency, corporate governance, including legal compliance and regulatory reporting, data and technology, accounting policies, and process and controls. There is no one person in your organization that has all the knowledge and the skills needed to be able to address these impending regulations. In order to structure, we're seeing many companies set up two layers of governance. First, a steering committee level that ensures appropriate oversight, accountability, and access to investment and resources around ESG reporting. And second, a working group level responsible for executing on the initiatives planned. At each level, it's important to have a chairperson or a project manager who's setting the direction for the group and held accountable for the results. The chairperson of the steering committee varies depending on the business, its history of ESG reporting, and often comes from sustainability, business transformation, traditional risk teams like legal, compliance, or finance, or other parts of the organization. The project manager of the working group is often named an ESG controller and may sit either in finance or sustainability. The key to setting up your governance structure is clearly defining roles and responsibilities of these individuals and committees and is imperative for successful outcomes. That's a lot to unpack in the point you just made. So just to recap, uh, we're looking at a cross-functional task force 
that will implement the reporting changes, looking very carefully at the governance and how roles and responsibilities are defined. So that brings us to our last no regrets move. Maura, what's number five? Lastly, after assessing your current state of reporting, educating management and the board, identifying existing risks around reporting and setting up a governance structure, you need to take the next step on your greenhouse gas emissions inventory. As I discussed before, there's a lot of scrutiny and focus on greenhouse gas reporting today. And depending on the nature of your business, simply creating a greenhouse gas inventory could be a big undertaking. But no matter where you are on your greenhouse gas journey, it is worth planning and beginning to continue to move ahead. If you haven't started yet, measure your greenhouse gas inventory. If you have been reporting greenhouse gases for a long time, understand and enhance process and controls around the data collection, calculation, and reporting, and then perform an assurance readiness gap analysis. If you're confident in your data, obtain third-party assurance, first limited and then reasonable. The focus on greenhouse gases is not going away anytime soon. And while there's still evolution expected in the standards, beginning your journey now is critical. And just a reminder to everybody, we have a separate podcast on ESG reporting assurance, including GHG emissions. It's available with all of our other ESG resources for finance professionals on KPMG Financial Reporting View. Just type into your browser, FRV. .kpmg.us and you'll find ESG reporting under the featured topics. So Maura, over to you for last words. I hope these five no regrets moves will help you get started, help you get buy-in of management and the board, and provide some perspective on where addressing impending ESG regulation should fit into your business agenda. Thanks for taking the time to listen today and know that KPMG is excited to walk alongside you on your ESG journey. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this KPMG Impact Podcast. For more information on ESG and other reporting resources, please visit audit.kpmg.us slash ESG.html. We thank you for joining today.